Hello, I'm John Griff, and welcome to episode two of All Things Business, the podcast. The podcast profiles the people, stories, and businesses which operate across the Northamptonshire, Bedfordshire, and Milton Keynes region. In this month's edition, we look at one of Northamptonshire's most successful law firms, gearing up for 2021. We're a multi-service practice, so we have lots of pies, if you like, so some areas won't be affected, some areas might be. But that's the same for the whole county, for the whole region. What we need is as much certainty and clarity about the policies and procedures and support as we can get, and a lot of that has been pretty good from my point of view. That's Kevin Rogers, the chairman of Wilson Brown Solicitors. There's the Luton-based personal assistance business called WizPA, founded by Vanessa Eek and anticipating big changes in the way businesses will operate post-COVID-19. Yeah, I think there definitely will be a change in the fact that uh, people will be looking to save costs. They'll be saying, I need these tasks completed, rather than looking at, I need this amount of staff. With Brexit now just weeks away, Matt Cannon says that the Milton Keynes Chamber is well-placed to support member businesses, getting ready for the raft of changes heading towards them. We have processes in place, we have partnerships, we have plans and communication strategies to help you survive. We're looking forward and looking at a way to get everybody through this. And manager of the MK Dons, Russ Martin, makes the case for getting the fans back into the Stadium MK for the well-being of all. It's been unbelievable, really. They've been great. And I think it's really difficult to keep strengthening that and maintain that when they're just not there, they're not feeling the game. They gave us such a big boost last year because of the support and belief they showed in what we were trying to do, which I said at the time wasn't easy for a team fighting relegation. That's all to come in the next half hour on All Things Business, the podcast. That word community often comes up when you talk to business leaders about why their companies have been successful, and it's certainly the case with my first guest. Kevin Rogers leads the board of Wilson Brown Solicitors, very much still a family business. It's also one of Northamptonshire's largest and most successful companies. So how important is staying grounded within the local community in order to stay successful? It's something that Kevin is really clear about. I think it's really important. Um, I moved to this county in 2003 and we have a really strong presence across the region. We've got an awful lot of offices in Northamptonshire, but we also have an office in Leicester. Um, But as well as being a lawyer, guess what? You know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I've got children in the primary school. And whether we've got, um, you know, sponsorship of a a county-wide business awards or whether it's the the prize on the raffle ticket at the primary school. It's just so important to be involved because we live here, we work here. We're people and we want to help people. And the policy seems to have worked because for, is it now the fourth year straight, you've been recognised at national level for what you do as a regional law firm? Yeah, I mean, that's been a, that's been a fantastic journey. So the, the Law Society of England and Wales have their National Excellence Awards every year. And we've been fortunate enough to be listed in various categories over the years for the last four years, including our conveyancing work, our work with private client, which is trusts and estates and wills, but also for our brilliant marketing and communications team. And for me, believe it or not, the best thing is for the teams that are involved internally because they get that recognition internally and then they see us tell the good news externally. That's what we shout about. We're involved and it helps put the county on the map as well as the, you know, the staff. You lead the firm. You've just been a finalist in Solicitor Lawyer of the Year. How did it feel to, to get the nomination? It's a really humbling thing. It's a, it's a once-in-a-career opportunity, really, 
there's 150,000 practicing solicitors and 200,000 on the roll or on the list, if you like. Um, I didn't realise before the week of the awards how, how small I would feel about the whole thing, really. Because it was another awards and it was great. And what should we say about it? What should we talk about it? But then when it hit home that it was, you know, about little old me from Leeds, it was, yeah, it was nice. This is a very strange year. 2020 is a very strange year for all kinds of business. And we're talking about business on this podcast how has coronavirus affected Wilson Brown solicitors? What was really challenging for us was the need to be open. Um, you know, March, April, May, June, lots of businesses, they did their bit and they closed and they worked from home. And we had as many of our staff work remotely as we could. But we're a law firm, we're an essential service. And some of our lawyers, um, especially when you're in court, your class is a key worker. So you can't not be there. So we had a real logistical nightmare, you know, when it was shouted out in March. And if we hadn't been planning for it since February, we would have had a real issue. But we went from having, I think it was something like under 20 members of staff who could work from home to just over 150 in eight working days. So how are you looking forward to 2021? How is anybody? It's, you know, it's crystal ball, isn't it? We've had some areas of law completely stopped. Who is moving house in April or May? Let's be honest. Um, with the stamp duty changes the conveyancing market is booming at the moment. What will happen in April or May? We'll have to wait and see. Mm. And anybody that says it's all going to be great and wonderful and shiny is spinning a yarn. Um, we're a multi-service practice, so we have lots of pies, if you like. So some areas won't be affected, some areas might be. Um, but that's the same for the whole county, for the whole region. What we need is as much certainty and clarity about the policies and procedures and support as we can get. And a lot of that has been pretty good from my point of view. You wear multiple hats because not only do you lead Wilson Brown solicitors, you're also currently the president uh, of the Northamptonshire Chamber. How do you juggle all of that? Lead is kind. It's a kind word. We're a partnership. I'm, I'm elected each year or I have been elected each year for the last few years as chairman. But it doesn't mean that the firm is run by one. There is a collective and as long as they do what I say, we'll all be fine. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so um, in terms of juggling, it's time management. The chamber role is very much like a school governor's role. You know, it's a governance thing. We're not in there every day. We're there to support the, the excellent team at the chamber, who for me is the best chamber in the country. They've consistently punched above their weight in terms of membership numbers because your membership number is limited by the geography that you have. But they're consistently in the top 10 and all the key metrics. Um, and if you're not a member of the chamber and you have a presence in Northamptonshire, you've really got to get in touch and find out why it's good. You're also a brand, though, Kevin, aren't you? Because you are the singing solicitor. Where did that come from? Oh, probably a midlife crisis live on LinkedIn, if I'm honest. My mum, my I mentioned she passed away. She was diagnosed with a terminal illness about five and a half years ago. And she lived in Warrington. And through school, teenage, early 20s, I did a lot of singing in various choirs and bands. And so one day I was about to set off on a drive for work in my suit. And one of the kids had left their karaoke disc in the car. And I thought I would film her, you know, a, a song. And it happened to be something from Les Mis. Sent it to her. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect by any means. You know, it wasn't recorded properly and there was mistakes in it. And of course, she loved it as, as parents do, whether it's good or bad. And a couple of weeks later, I, I had a thought to myself and spoke to her. And she said, yeah, do it. So I, I, I put it on LinkedIn and said, look, have a go. Let people in. Get out of your comfort zone. And something crazy like 18,000 views on that video in a, in a week or so. 
and it's something that I've I've returned to now and again over the years since. And it's been raising money as well because earlier on this year you brought together a team which raised thousands of pounds for Help for Heroes. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? A partner of mine, Andy, often says, you know, let a bit of light in and what could be the worst that can happen. Um, and it, it was about that. And the, the Help for Heroes thing was great. It was great to work um, with them and to to go and see the Rockingham Castle. Yeah, it was it was a great thing. Hannah Brady from the Brady Creative. Ben from All Things Management, yourself and I. We had a tremendous day. And thanks to the generosity of people who saw what we did, a lot of it through LinkedIn. That is, I suppose, an extension of the humanity of people who are in business, reaching out, working together. This county never fails to surprise me. You know, in a year where there's no money, the job market is tanking. That campaign for Just Giving was in the top 5% of the fundraising for Just Giving for August. Now, that might be because it was August. I can't change when VJ Day is, and neither can you. Um, But, you know, what a nice stat that in a time when no one has anything, they come together. That's Kevin Rogers from Wilson Brown Solicitors. Coronavirus has brought about huge damage to the global economy as well as the lives and livelihoods of millions. As of now, the world is stealing itself for yet more uncertainty and difficult days ahead. But despite COVID-19, there are business leaders looking and finding opportunities. Vanessa Eek is one of them, from WizPA. For Vanessa, substantial change in the way that businesses operate is developing, and it's just one of the reasons why she set up her business. So what is WizPA, and how does it service that change? Um, WizPA is um, a virtual PA service where we can provide um, a number of different skills uh, that are required for any business um, and do those for you so that you can concentrate on doing your core business, which was the whole point of actually probably setting up your own business. So your relationship with those businesses grows as they grow. Correct. Do you provide all of those services in-house or do you in turn liaise with accountancy companies, marketing houses, people like that who then bring their services to your clients? At the moment, we do it all in-house. We have uh, like a social media expert. We have a HR expert or whiz, as we like to call them. Um, (laughs) There are certain services that we would basically look to um, outsource, such as creating a website, things like that website design. But we have people that we work with that we could um, then, you know, offer those services directly to. So one person would be like their PA and they would then, um, say right I'm you know these these are all the tasks because we're very task driven so where you would like employ somebody where you've got employment costs and things like that with us we work on tasks so you would say I would like you to assess a certain software for me um, and then provide all the feedback on it and work out the best one in the market for us in particular based on these this criteria so we're basically task driven and then that goes through your PA and they would then source it out to uh, the person in the team with the most expertise but but then would still feed back to the client the information so that they've got that relationship with that particular PA but she's not or he is not necessarily doing all of the work because it's then farmed out to the rest of the team going back to your original question we yeah we have all of those people in house with us um and we don't outsource it off overseas or anything like that it's done here in the UK and we work with people that we don't have the services that we could provide. So if you needed legal advice, for example, or year-end accounts, so year-end accounts would go to an accountant that we have an association with, um, 
a solicitor, we would probably uh, search the market and provide you with a number of um, options. Uh, web, website design, again, we'd look at different options and give you um, costs and budgets, but you know, based on that. If you are providing that breadth of services, and 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 in the same way, if you're taking those headaches away from a, a business owner or for a, a for a, a developing business, I'd imagine there's a stampede towards Wix PA's door. How has business been for you in 2020? Um, it's been very good in the fact that we, as we do payroll and HR and th- and and services as such, we are now looking at furlough and grants and assisting our clients with all of that type of uh, new things that are now coming on and we've also been busy in the fact that people have unfortunately had to relook at their business following covid um, and maybe make some you know some cost savings and and in that they then would then be looking to us where we they outsource to us the services that they actually need doing rather than employing somebody with coronavirus having wrought the changes in, in business and in commerce that it has so far, um, do you perceive that where we are now is going to be a temporary thing and that uh, businesses in due course will go back to their previous working practices? Or are we now looking at the dawn of a completely new age in, in terms of how businesses maybe outsource work into different areas and sectors of their own working that allows businesses like yours to get a look in? I believe that we are. We, we, people have moved to working from home. We were already working from home. You know, this is a virtual uh, PA business, so we was already working from home. So for us, there was no change other than we uh, found that our clients were relying on us more because we were there and we were able to offer support to help them through this. Um, I think that now that they've realised that they can just ask us to do a task and that, and that task is completed, um, it, I think it will be a, a, a change. Yeah, I think there definitely will be a change in the fact that uh, people will be looking to save costs and look at the actual tasks that they need completed um, rather than looking at, I need um, this, this, these amount of staff. What they'll be, uh, they'll be saying is, I need these tasks completed. So um, I think, yeah, I, def- I definitely think that we're moving towards a different way of working. But so when you encounter a, a potential new client, how much yeah. time do you have to take reassuring them that what is for them a significant change in culture is actually going to pay off? In other words, they're going to get value for money and a, an extended and improved way of working to what they've already had in the past. What we offer is um, it's like a pay-as-you-go service. So you're only paying for what you actually your business needs. So you're paying for tasks to be completed and you are, like I say, you only pay for what you actually use. So you're not paying employment costs. You're not having to manage that person. You're not having to fill their day um, or think about, you know, what are they are they working? Am I paying them to not work and all of this because you they're not there. So if you need like only need like a, a few hours of um, work on a payroll a month and that's all you'll pay for instead of paying for a whole payroll person to be there this is menu management of a business and that really is cutting edge isn't it yes especially with hr because it's it's different completely different take to the market in some respect because all hr companies work on a retainer whether you use it or not whereas like i say 
it's basically a, a different way of working. And this is how we reassure our clients that well, you're, you're getting what you pay for. We give you a list at the end of the month of what we've actually done for you, what time we've spent on it and the hours that we've done for you. And that's what you pay for. Come the 1st of January next year, we're going to be working in a very different economy because Brexit is on its way, never mind coronavirus. As it stands yes. right now, we're looking at a, a no-deal Brexit. I do notice that WizPA can uh, also sort out travel arrangements as well. So are you heavily dialed into international trade for the future? Will you be looking at advising people on Brexit if that's what they're looking for? Again, it's, it's specific to the to the client that we're working for. So if they are um, trading internationally, then we would seek to uh, do the research for them, um, find out exactly what they need and, and uh, yeah, and work with them to make sure it works. Whizpa.co.uk is the website to go and have a look at. Does anybody call you Whisper, by the way? Yes, <laughs> they do. Um, and the reason for that is because we want to work with our clients. And some of our clients, we would actually do work uh, on their behalf for their clients. So we lend, we tend to, there's another meaning to it in the fact that we could be just whisper underneath the, you know, working with the client so that uh, we look like their, their company. So whisper it, there's a really new player in the market and it's WizPA. That's it. <laughs> That's Vanessa Eek, and you can find out more about the services offered by the business by going to whizpa.co.uk. Does your business need to be seen, be heard, or be found? Now, more than ever, companies need to make it clear that they are open for business. All Things Management is a team of creatives who connect their clients to their audience. To find out more, visit allthingsmanagement.co.uk. Be seen, be heard, be found. It's perhaps fair to say that two words have headed the news agendas of Britain in the last few years. Coronavirus has certainly dominated 2020, but the word Brexit first emerged in 2012. As 2021 arrives in a few weeks' time, Britain will finally depart the EU, possibly without a deal. And for businesses all over the world, things will never be quite the same again. Matt Cannon recently joined the team which coordinates the Northamptonshire and Milton Keynes Chambers. So in representing their members, how does he see what the Chambers are able to bring to business as the post-Brexit era approaches? Previously, a lot of people thought the Chamber was just a way to go to events and network and meet like-minded people. But there's so much more than that. We but Northamptonshire and Milton Keynes have third-party partners, for example, Quest, who deliver chamber HR support, chamber legal advice. Um, we have a chamber finance finder as well, which is especially relevant at the minute, um, giving advice on funding solutions across loans, equity and grants, how to protect your business. And through the disaster of COVID-19, that's that's so relevant at the minute. But when face-to-face -face networking was was so strong, that was a massive for us in terms of getting people in a room together to work with each other, introduce like-minded business professionals to each other to, to do business. That's, that's pretty much what we're here for along the way of marketing support and these additional services that we can offer. Um, really does make a membership for us or for, for those companies so valuable. And across Milton Keynes, we have three or four webinars a week, chamber live sessions. We have networking on a Friday afternoon, social wind down networking at the end of the month. We really do give our members every opportunity to meet 
other people, other members, and even non-members as well, just to spread spread the news about what's going on in their company, spread the news of Milton Keynes developments, um, representation and policy, really give everyone a good insight as to what's going on at the minute, rather than just the doom and gloom you hear everywhere else. Is there evidence to say that that kind of network actually is delivering signatures on the bottom of contracts? Mm. Is there a fear going into 2021, which of course is going to be further complicated by Brexit and what may end up being a no-deal Brexit? There is. There definitely is a concern. But businesses, if you're part of a chamber, you you sort of receive, um, I guess, a badge or you you receive a a membership to working with those other companies. You like to support each other. You want to work together to get yourselves out of it. And if you are part of a chamber of commerce, you want to support each other. Mm. Yes, it's very sad. Some businesses have, have fallen away or will take a bit longer to recover. But going on to the Brexit point, it's it's a big learning curve for me, especially where I have come from and what I'm needing to learn now. You know, the international trade departments at Northamptonshire and Milton Keynes really are up against it at the minute. Almost knowledge of or learning exactly what's going on, what needs to be in place for companies. Northamptonshire, Milton Keynes, they've got such a hub of international trade. You know, the Chamber Customs, the certificates, the passports that are required. Companies don't know yet what they need to do, what they need to have in place. You know, come the 2nd of January, if you haven't got these things in order, are you be able, are you going to be able to function? The answer is no. So, I mean, I'm preparing and the International Trade Department in, in Milton Keynes are preparing certificates of origin, trade documents, part, various passports for goods, imports and exports, and communicating a plan to all these companies just to almost settle their nerves to say, look, we are here for you if you need our support. Um, if you're unclear of what the government is saying, if there isn't a deal, if there is a deal, we are that service for you. How well prepared for 2021 do you, as the Chamber, perceive Milton Keynes' business to be already? Because if people don't know what questions to ask, how can they prepare? We are very lucky that we're all Chambers, as part of the Chamber of Commerce, are supported or accredited um, Chambers, supported by the, the BCC, the British Chamber of Commerce. So we receive regular news updates from the British Chamber of Commerce who have um, staff working very closely with the government. So we are given or we can find documents and facts about exactly what companies do need um, in order to, to operate efficiently. And do you find that government listens to British Chambers of Commerce in the same way as perhaps they listen to CBI or the Institute of Directors or the Federation for Small Business? Do you have a voice that actually represents your businesses as members that actually has a bearing on what goes on in the British economy as we look towards 2021? 100%. Yeah, we, Northamptonshire and Milton Keynes, we're both accredited chambers as part of the BCC. Um, we've got over a hundred hundred year history. So, in terms of brand, we are exceptionally well thought of within the British Chamber of Commerce, as of all the chambers. So, yes, I mean every, every uh, county, every city will have an accredited chamber. So, you know, we all come together. There's a big, a big force and a big respected company name or brand name, which is going back to the government. So, yes, we are very much listened to. They take on what we have to say, our feedback, but also what our members are saying as well. You know, without our members, the chamber doesn't exist in Milton Keynes. So it's vitally important that, you know, people listen and respond to to what the members are asking. Businesses right now are going to be looking at budgets. And I don't mean just for 2020. I mean, looking ahead to the new financial year, 2020, 2021. If they're going to be paying a membership fee 
to the Chamber of Commerce. They're going to want to get something out of it. Have you lost members in 2020 because people have been looking at the bottom line and things have been getting tougher? There has been a, a churn of businesses that have, have resigned their membership, but you expect that every year. Some companies marketing budget may have been cut which is which is very sad and we've done all we can to support them but we've also gained new members as well so I guess we have lost numbers but we've also gained so we're probably doing pretty well across Milton Keynes at the minute companies yes I admit there there is a, a, a fee a yearly fee to be a member and you might think with member uh, networking opportunities not being so visible at the minute um, how else are they going to get their support and that's where our third party partners come into it giving chamber HR support, you know, it's so important at the minute with finances, unfortunate redundancies being made, um, finance advice, grants, loans, we can offer that service for all of our members. So I guess the biggest message is if you become a, a member of Milton Keynes Chamber, you're not alone. You have a, a designated team that will help you with, with HR, with international trade, marketing support, and really will get the best out of your company and hopefully, you know, allow you to survive and, and get through this time. You know, we say it all on our social social media streams that like, together we are stronger. So is the Chamber's message a positive one as we head through the remainder of 2020 and into 2021, accompanied by coronavirus, accompanied by the hardest biting recession that we've seen for many a year? Is it still a positive message from the Chamber? It is a positive message. I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Everyone's been affected by 2020, but we have processes in place. We have partnerships. We have plans and communication strategies to help you survive. There's been a lot of negativity, obviously, in the news, um, but we, we sort of look past that and we're looking forward and looking at a way to get everybody through this. I think if you do sort of rest on your laurels and do get a little bit down, it, it makes it an awful lot of a harder task to get through it. We're here. Our team is here. Um, please do let, let us know and we'll give all the advice to you that we can. That's the Events, Communication and Marketing Manager for the Northamptonshire and Milton Keynes Chambers, Matt Cannon. My final guest on this episode of All Things Business, the podcast, certainly has a prime location from which to work. Russ Martin is a former Scottish football international and now the manager of EFL League One and FA Cup Club, the NK Doms. With the business of sporting clubs the length and breadth of the land having been starved of live audiences and the revenue that goes with them, things continue to be tough. But as Russ has been telling me, having world-class facilities at the Stadium MK certainly helps. It's brilliant for us to work there day in, day out with the facilities we have. It's a bit different at the moment because of all the COVID protocols, so we're not able to fully utilise some of them or we can't do all of it together, etc. So we've had to change the way we're working, but um, it's brilliant for us, but it's also... I think other teams um, like coming here. Other fans like coming here. It's uh, it's a it's a it's an away day for them that they look forward to with a really good pitch, good stadium, good facility. So um, we have to try and take that away from them really quickly on the pitch when we play when we start the game. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's such a brilliant place. You can't help but feel grateful to be there and work there and um, have to make the most of it and not take it for granted really. Old Trafford could have 23,500 in if they were socially distanced but how many could you get in if you were to do the same thing? Any ideas? I haven't actually, no, it's a good question. I presume around six or 7,000 at least I would have thought with the way that they could do it at the stadium but I might, I might be a long way off, but I'd, I'd, rec I'd guess around that sort of area. United are sort of saying, look, there's no reason why we shouldn't have games in front of fans any longer. Would you back that call? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think if you look at, I just think it's 
so um, so much of it now is a contradiction. Some of the stuff, I mean, like if you look at the O2s, held concerts, etc., that's indoors. And then you have, you know, you have football teams who share grounds, you know, with a, with a non-league team. So like Eastbourne Borough team down in Sussex are not allowed any fans in yet. The team Langley Sports who uh, play at the same pitch are allowed, you know, four or five hundred fans in the next weekend. So I just think too much of it's a little bit contradictory and a little bit unclear. And I think for, for football clubs and the communities, what the important role they play in the communities, I think it's really important that at some point you have to trust these clubs to put the right procedures in place to, to allow people in and be safe and, and to, to watch because it is such an important part of, of some people's uh, life and routine and um, mental you know, health. And so, uh, yeah, at some point I'd like to think we can get fans back in because it's certainly not the same without them. You make a really good point about community there, Russ. I mean, football behind closed doors has affected the sport dramatically. Obviously, it's changed the business when it comes to sponsors uh, and season tickets and, and so on. What's your take as the gaffer on the relationship that the fans have with the club now, notwithstanding the facilities that you've got? And it, at the same time, what's it done to the players not having a live crowd there to support them every time? I think the connection we've had with the support since we've taken over as, um, you know, taking the team, it's been it's been unbelievable, really. They've been great. And I think it's really difficult to keep strengthening that and maintain that when they're just not there. They're not feeling the game. Um, they're watching it on, on the iFollow, on a, on a laptop or an iPad or whatever, or the TV. And it's just not the same. It's not the same as being there week in, week out. And they gave us such a big boost last year because of the support and belief they showed in what we were trying to do, which... I knew I said at the time wasn't easy for a team fighting relegation, and I think they get a feel for it when they're when in the stadium. They make it, especially with the way we play at times, they make it harder for the opposition because, you know, they they just they create the atmosphere for us and they help the guys with the intensity and and the players as well. You know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, maybe it would take some players' anxiety away, some people who struggle in front of crowds, etc. But really, it's you play football and you want to play football at the highest level because that's what comes with it. You know, the supporters, the stadiums all of it um, and if you can't embrace that and enjoy that and you're probably not going to last very long in football or you, or you probably won't play end up playing very much so yeah I think it's, it's a real it's a real disappointment for us it's something we have to deal with obviously but really hope that um, at some point early in the new year that we can get um, some people back in the Guardian ran a great interview with you a couple of years ago. You're a vegan. Uh, you are a Green Party member. You drive an electric car, but um, uh, you're also an international footballer. Spin forward to 2020. I I'm not sure that any of that makes you the weirdo that you described yourself as being in the paper. Does it? Uh, I hope not. No. So, um, yeah, I think when, when I'd done it, it was just trying to you know, raise a bit of consciousness. They asked me to do it. Um, you get put in front of the camera and you talk about one thing and one thing only. And it's really difficult to sometimes express exactly how you feel. And um, obviously, you don't ever get asked about your political interests or what you stand for, what your values are, what you represent. So I was asked to do it. I quite enjoyed it. It was fine. But yeah, I think especially after all this as well, COVID, it's just raising consciousness all the time about how people live about their lifestyle, about their choices, um, their social, their economical choices, their health choices. And I think everyone's just, it's just really raised consciousness and people are really questioning what they're doing, it, why they're doing things, you know, what, what what's really important. I think that's one thing to probably come out of this is during the whole lockdown period, etc. people um, have, have realised what's really important. That's connection with other people, with their loved ones, with their friends, with their family. Um, and maybe not, you know, the material stuff and everything else that goes on. 
But when you consider that point about veganism, if you look at other sports, when you look at Olympic athletes, when you look at Formula One, when you look at rugby, you know, that point about diet, how you feel an athlete, that has now really moved on uh, from the days of drinking pints and going out and doing battle on the pitch. There's a hell of a lot more science involved in it. And you were one of the early ones to all of that. Probably, yeah, I think so. I think there's always been, I think for the last 10 years, there's been a real focus now, shift on nutrition and recovery, etc. in sport. And mine was, you know, it started for health reasons because I was really struggling with ulcerative colitis at the time and uh, just done a lot of research and it just made more and more sense to me the, the more I read and looked into it. And I think there's a lot more people now just trying to gain an edge, you know, especially in individual sport. It's a bit different to a team sport. I think when you're really looking for those marginal gains, that extra 1%, um, you look everywhere and you and you study and you find out what works for you. And um, we've got guys who have, re- have cut out red meat. We've got guys who have cut out dairy. We've got guys who limit their, their meat intake to a couple of days a week so they feel better for it. And I'm not a warrior who's, who starts um, telling everyone or preaching everyone how they should live. I try and give the players some other choices um, and it's up to them to take one or two and try things out and be open-minded and then see what works for them. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been interesting and uh, we'll continue to do that and make sure everyone feels feels the best they possibly can physically and mentally for a Saturday performance. Social consciousness, does the board support you with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that the guys in uh, in terms of, you know, the set, um, Sport Education Trust, the, the, the club's charity arm, is really important to the club and the community and what they do. Um, and the players try and get involved in that as much as possible, whether it's going out and you know, seeing supporters, going into schools, going into hospitals, etc. So, you know, the club is, is a big part of the community and, and the players have to buy into that. They have to understand the importance of the club and the, the charity and the impact it can have socially on people, not just football supporters. There's lots of other people it impacts on um, throughout MK and, and Bucks. Um, and, and obviously, when you're asked to do these things, to, to go and do them and do them uh, do them well and reflect well on, on everyone and what we're trying to do within the culture of the uh, organisation. Good to talk to you, Russ. Thanks ever so much for your time. Have a good season. No problem. Thank you. That's Russ Martin from the MK Dons. Looking forward to getting the doors to the Stadium MK back open to all and bringing some much-anticipated football and its revenues back to the fans. That's all for this second edition of All Things Business, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Many thanks to my guests this month. That's Kevin Rogers, Vanessa Eek, Matt Cannon and Russ Martin. And to you for listening as well. We're already building next month's episode, so do make a date to join us. Until then, take care and all the best from All Things Business.